Today on the show, we sneak out after curfew, visit the five wonders of the mall, and refuse to say goodbye. Welcome to Lore Party, the podcast that explores the stories, characters, and universes of our favorite video games. I'm Connor. And I'm not Joel, because I'm Lawrence. <laughs> no one can be Joel, unfortunately. Only There's one and only. And I, I think Pedro Pascal has uh, claimed that title. Yeah, got him. We all we all want to be Joel at some points. but uh, I mean, well, I, I don't want to be Joel after our last episode. I don't, I don't want to... But a bat sticking out of me, so yeah. <laughs> I'm not jealous of that. I want to be Joel minus the home run fever. So <laughs> yeah, so I will. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so you know, I I want to be Joel sometimes. Sometimes on the good days, I think. In, yeah. But I think in this episode, I would rather be Ellie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ellie got to hang out in a mall, you know, play Mortal Kombat, dance on an escalator. Bro, had the time of her life. I have I have my thoughts about Mortal Kombat because like. <laughs> Just because, like, have you ever, like, I will get into this later, but I swear to God, <laughs> if you go to a barcade now and there's a Mortal Kombat machine there, it is fucked up in some way. Like, the buttons are sticky and oh, shit, yeah. and, like, it just doesn't work. So I was like, you found, yeah, amazing that you guys found the one Mortal Kombat machine machine in the world that people were like, I could I could take care of this. An MK2 cabinet still functional after 20 years. Okay, there's a lot that I can suspend my disbelief for, but that is stre- that is a stretch. Yeah, know, all the buttons worked somehow. <laughs> Fucking terrible. We're going to get into all that and more as usual. The drill here, we're going to break down episode seven of The Last of Us titled Left Behind and uh, get into our thoughts, our reactions, how we felt about this episode and uh, everything else in between. But first, we're going to do a little bit of housekeeping. We'd love to hear from our listeners. Anytime you like, please feel free to email us at podcast at loreparty.com with your thoughts, questions, criticisms, episode ideas, thoughts. I already said thoughts. We want, we want double the thoughts. Yes, so. all your thoughts. Times two. <laughs> all, times two. Yeah, don't be shy. Hit us up. And if you want to get in touch with us directly, you can reach out to Lawrence on Twitter and Twitch at Produced by underscore LK. You can find Connor on Twitter at Connor Howard, Connor with an ER, Connor Howard VO at Twitter, or you know, the at sign and on Twitter when you're on there. If you That's type right. that in, you will find Connor. And then That's if you works. don't want to be on Twitter because Elon Musk is tanking it, you can <laughs> also visit Connor on his website at ConnorHowardVO.com. Check it out. And of course, if you want to get in touch with the entire Lore Party team, you can connect with Lore Party in general on Instagram, Twitter, and Twitch at Lore underscore Party. That's right. So without further ado, we're going to break down episode seven, Left Behind, of HBO's The Last of Us. But first, we'll take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. And we're back to cover this exciting episode that like 
just real quick, this is like the one Last of Us, like one piece of Last of Us content that I haven't consumed. So like this is it. this is an interesting episode. I am now one of those people who hasn't played the game but has watched the show. So that's interesting, yeah, because yeah. uh, this is based on the DLC for Last of Us Part One, which is called Left Behind, and that's the only the only part of any of the gameplay stuff that you haven't played yet. That's crazy. Yeah. So now I have uh, I have become what I talked about in our trailer episode. <laughs> Here that's we go, right. full circle. Um, wow. But before we dive into this, if you haven't watched this episode, have you? if you haven't watched this ep- Last of Us episode titled Left Behind or played the video game like me, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you might want to pause here, take a second, play the DLC, watch the episode, do both, do one, and then come back. Please come back. Make sure. Yeah, don't forget that last part. Yes. Yes. When you come, yeah, come back because it's definitely worth it. This is the best Last of Us podcast. It's so good that Neil Druckmann thought about making it the unofficial Last of Us podcast. <laughs> we, uh, Neil Druckmann's in our inbox right now, begging us to uh, let him endorse, but we're, we're, we're still, uh, we're not sure, you know. <laughs> yeah, and, and like just like Jesus and Mero say, we're the number one podcast and uh, number one podcast in the world. Don't look it up. <laughs> don't <laughs> yeah, don't look it up. Don't look it up. <laughs> don't ask Neil if that's true at all. Yeah. yeah, don't bother him. That's right. So now that you've officially been warned about spoilers, uh, let's get into it. So episode six. Last time, <laughs> here's my DBZ voice. Last time on The Last of Us, uh, episode six, which is called <laughs> Kin, ended with Joel and Ellie finding out that the fireflies they were looking for had relocated their lab all the way to Salt Lake City, Utah. But they were attacked as they left the University of Colorado. Some random raiders and bandits got the, got the jump on them joel managed to kill their attacker but he was gravely wounded in the process leaving ellie to plead with him to stay with her so episode six was definitely a cliffhanger ended on a on a dramatic note for sure baseball bat to the stomach um, home run fever yeah <laughs> <laughs> bat in a thousand uh, <laughs> so so episode seven opens up on a snow-covered suburban neighborhood littered with abandoned vehicles and other debris. In the basement of one of the houses, Joel lies on a mattress as Ellie desperately attempts to clean and patch the wound in his abdomen. Mm -hmm. Joel, B. Joel, urges her to leave him and run for her life and return to Tommy and Jackson, which I'm pretty sure... Since Ellie was just getting used to using a map in a car, she doesn't know where the fuck she is going to go. So, like, yeah. Joel, that's a pipe dream. That's uh, a tall order. You can tell her to just go north, but that's that's not enough. Yeah, hey, north <laughs> is, and I'm also not going to trust which way north is from a guy right. that, that got stabbed by a baseball bat and is, like, losing a lot of blood as we speak. So, yeah. You know, Ellie slowly and reluctantly makes her way to the top of the stairs and pauses at the door. Yeah, it seems to go into deep thought. And in fact, we go into thought with her. We we are sent on a flashback to, um, I you know, probably not quite a year ago, but like, you know, a while back, months ago, probably, to a uh, flashback at the Fedra boarding school where Ellie was raised. And we see Ellie running laps in a gymnasium while listening to All or None by Pearl Jam, a real a real emo bop, if I do say so myself. It's classic. And uh, her her headphones though get snatched away right off her head by another girl in her and Ellie's group by the name of Bethany. Fucking Bethany. And 
fucking Bethany, man. Yeah. <laughs> this audio obviously kicks off an immediate, you know, standoff. Bethany kind of tells Ellie, like, hey, pick up your pace. I don't want to have to run doubles because of your shitty attitude again. So, you know, obviously this is not the first time they've fought. And Bethany also mentions, like, you're not going to do anything about it because your friend isn't here to fight your battles for you. Kind of drops a hint that Ellie had a friend who normally stuck up for her, but now she doesn't. And so Bethany thinks, oh, I can walk all over you now. But Ellie's like, uh, think again, motherfucker. <laughs> and she rears back and takes a swing. Yep. Take that, Bethany. Take that, Bethany. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I, I do love this that it starts here because I do know, I haven't played Left Behind, but I do know there is a graphic novel mm-hmm. um, that covers Ellie's backstory like pretty much all the way up to the point before she is introduced to Joel in the beginning of the first game. And so like, I, right. I liked that they started it right here because it is a little bit into her story. Yeah. Uh, so the next time we see Ellie, uh, she's sporting a black eye and sitting in the office of Captain Kwong, the, the Federa officer in charge of her school. Kwong seems disappointed in Ellie, pointing out how, you know, she's been acting up over the past few weeks, adding that Bethany's in the infirmary with several stitches. And I mean, mm. hey, man, listen, like Lil John. And the Eastside boys said back in the day, don't start none, won't be none. <laughs> As Killer Mike said, top of the morning, my fist to your face is fucking Folgers. Exactly. And Ellie it's, gave it to her. <laughs> it was one of those things like, yeah, Ellie has a black eye, but it's like, you should see the other chick. <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, man, hey, you shouldn't have done it. So, so Kwong, being the cool guy he is, he levels with Ellie and tells her that, you know, there are two paths ahead of her. The life of a grunt with no future, which is like 90% of Federal. <laughs> right. And the life of an officer who plays by the rules and is rewarded with responsibility and privileges. Kwong sees a leader in Ellie and encourages her to work towards a future in which she can make a positive difference and hold what's left of the world together. Ellie takes her Walkman back. Oof. And it is dismissed. Yeah, like that's that's that is a fucking crazy conversation. Like, because this is a a good, you know, get it. Like, like we we talked about this a little bit before we started, but like this part does add a little bit of a human element to Fedra. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, because you know, uh, like any organization, like any institution, Fedra is comprised of people, and some of those people have good intentions, some of them don't. So it's nice to yeah, like have that aspect explored a little bit, and uh, you know, just you know, peek behind the curtain for you and anyone else who hasn't played the Left Behind DLC, this isn't part of the game. Like, in the game, you don't really get a conversation with a Fedra officer. So I like that the show is, like, kind of going out of its way to show you that, which is cool. And um, later, you know, it's later that night in her dorm room, Ellie is laying in bed and reading an issue of Savage Starlight. Very nice. And we see, like, you know, just a peek around her room. We see uh, some of her music collection. We see an AHA tape. Yeah. cassette tape of aha and uh and you know she is you know sitting there just chilling out in her room and she glances across the room at the empty bed that's uh you know on the other side of the room so you know we assume that she had a roommate but that roommate's gone and so she just you know waits until lights out turns her lights off and goes to sleep but then at 2 a.m that night it's, it's dead of night an intruder opens Ellie's window and sneaks inside, catching Ellie by surprise. And Ellie wakes up and immediately goes into fight mode, knocks her attacker away from her, and grabs her switchblade too, ready to fuck shit up. <laughs> and, yeah. and then realizes, no, this is her friend Riley, who had been missing for three weeks. And 
you know, obviously Ellie's not happy. She's like, where the hell were you? Also, what were you thinking? <laughs> you know, like, you know, jumping me like that. This was so funny. I mean, this is so wild to me. Riley's like, it was a joke. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, what's the joke, though? <laughs> yeah. Home invasion. <laughs> yeah. you, Me accidentally stabbing you. I don't see the, what's funny about that. <laughs> you know? it's, it's the new TikTok trend. Sneak in, the people, <laughs> sneak in through people's windows <laughs> and surprise them in their bedroom. <laughs> uh, and, get, and get stabbed. That's, that's, that's one of those... Um, prank gone wrong videos on youtube oh yeah dude it's a prank bro <laughs> yeah right and, and just for a little bit more context we live in a stand your ground state so <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, cor- yeah quarantine zones are you know castle law is in effect <laughs> you can kill anyone in your house <laughs> yeah so i yeah i imagine a yeah a quarantine zone in boston in the middle of apocalypse it's like anything goes bro <laughs> right <laughs> so yeah this is not a time this is not a time and place for that uh-uh <laughs> So yeah, Ellie's obviously upset. You know, where where have you been? You've been gone for weeks and Riley reveals, well, I've been gone because I joined the Fireflies. And Ellie doesn't believe her at first, but Riley shows her a pistol tucked into her pants like, yeah, there it is. Got a gun. It's it's, it's legit. And um, so Riley promises to explain everything to Ellie if she agrees to sneak out with her. Now, uh, Ellie pushes back. She bickers a bit at first, but eventually she agrees. So... She uh, changes clothes and gets ready to head out while Riley looks over Ellie's cassette collection and her Walkman. That'll be important later. Yeah, and that was like a a hilarious scene because like she had to look away and look at the cassette tape because like Riley, she didn't want Riley to. Ellie was just didn't want Riley to see her changing, which is like just a little bit of insecurity. Like this is like it's funny to see Ellie in this episode because like we've seen Ellie. Like, she's still the same shit-talking Ellie, but she's much more vulnerable and uh, much less, like, I mean, I guess the opposite is much less closed off. So, like, she's still, like, mm. like get, you know, snappy, but she's, like, definitely different. Yeah, it's almost like we're seeing a little bit more of, I don't know, she's at a phase in her life where she's allowed to be a kid still. Yeah. Whereas when she's, you know, leaving Boston with Joel and all that... She has to grow up really fast and kind of mature. But here it's like, yeah, she's still a kid and she in has, a lot of ways. And she doesn't have real responsibility. That too, yeah. That's what I like. It's like she's got like, oh, you know, she's got the two paths of Kwong, but she doesn't mm-hmm. have like, hey, you can save the entire world. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, right. a little kid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she doesn't have the pressure of being immune and like having to stay alive and, you know, having to learn how to trust Joel and all that. Yeah, it's... Yeah, her life is not as complicated right here. Yeah, she's just yet. kicking it, you know. So yeah. the two yeah. climb down uh, down to the street and narrowly avoid a federal patrol and swap stories about fights they've been in. Riley encourages Ellie to pick her battles better. After ducking into an apartment building, they find a dead body and a bottle of liquor, which scares the shit. I don't know why. I'm just maybe I just this the Sunday scaries from The Last of Us. I was like, right. this body might not be dead. <laughs> yeah, we're kind of primed for jump scares a little bit, or at least creepy stuff to happen. So we kind of yeah. got like a jump laugh for this one, though. But <laughs> right, he's like, you know, so this 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 dude is, um, you know, it's a dead. They find this dead body. He's like, he's apparently committed suicide. Um, mm, mixed got, pills and liquor. Yeah, yeah, your pills and your perks. Don't do that, kid. Don't do that, kids. <laughs> no. It's it's bad. Look at this they don't guy. Mix. <laughs> yeah, like. 
But hey, you know, in typical apocalypse fashion, they score a whole and almost full bottle of whiskey. Like, And Ellie points out, this isn't moonshine either. This is the good stuff yeah, from back when. This yeah. is that capitalist shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is that, that mass production shit. So like right. premium quality. So... You know, the they 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 take the bottle and before and then the floor yeah, and then the floor just cracks and comes apart and the body falls below. So there's your jump laugh because this body just Another, yeah. fell down a few floors and it's kind of hilarious. Boston's falling apart. That's how you know. Yeah, <laughs> bodies just raining from the sky. <laughs> so Ellie and Riley go to the rooftop and start sharing the bottle of whiskey. All right. It's a, it's a party. They're they're getting they're getting loose, and uh, you know it's it's yeah teenagers out after curfew. It's the tale as old as time. Being in a martial law quarantine zone does not change that. Like you're still teenagers who've broken into your parents' liquor cabinet. Basically, it's the same vibe. So you know they're they're hanging out on the rooftop, sharing you know getting 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 drinks. And Ellie asks to hold Riley's gun. Hey, can I hold that? And Riley's like real serious at first like uh they kind of promised they made me promise not to let anyone quote handle my sidearm <laughs> she's really <laughs> already talking like a militant it's it's pretty funny but uh you know she eventually is like okay fine and so they hold it but then they start talking about you know how riley first fell in with the fireflies she mentions how she was out sneaking around one night after curfew i think she said oh ellie was in the hole at the time so riley was bored by herself and snuck out and just kind of got randomly recruited by a woman who we can assume, or at least we can presume, is Marlene. Yep. Uh, just saw it said, hey, I saw you sneaking around. Uh, you seem capable. What do you think of Edra? <laughs> so we're getting this sense that, like, Marlene will just literally grab any kid off the street and ask them to be a firefly, which is fucking weird. Anyone. And it's like, I just yeah. picture Marlene sneaking out of the shadows like Batman. It's <laughs> yeah. like, hey, kid, I see you sneaking around here. What is your thoughts on Federer? I'm like, I, this is like, okay. <laughs> like this is, yeah. could go in a lot of different ways. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's a little creepy. Not gonna lie. It's, it's got that Bruce Wayne seeing an orphan. Like, Hey kid, you want to be a Robin? Rubbing his hands together. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> want to be my ward? <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, like, you know, Riley mentions being recruited and this actually starts sparks a little debate between Ellie and Riley about the whole Fedra Firefly conflict because Riley's very serious about the struggle. She describes Fedra as, and I quote again, fascist dick bags. <laughs> while Ellie thinks, you know, she's she's like not quite so sure. She's like, well, I don't know, because she kind of points out, oh, well, the military do kind of like, you know, they they hold they hold things together. She's under the impression that Fedra does serve an important purpose, even with their flaws and drawbacks and all that. And you know, the the debate doesn't go very far, though, because Riley, Riley kind of deflects and says, hey, well, let's get going. We're almost there. And so they start jumping across the gaps in the rooftops. Very, uh, very classic kids out at dark when they shouldn't be and just taking a shortcut across the rooftops. And uh, they, they, they do that for a while because when they're done, they are exhausted. You know what I, I love about this scene is like, you know, say what you will about at either side. Fireflies or Fedora, but this is the Spider-Man meme of scenes because like where they're pointing at each other because yeah. it's like one person's like, well, Fedora's a fascist dick bag and the Fireflies want to, 
you know, bring everything back. And the other person is like, well, the uh, Fedra is holding everything together. And I'm mm-hmm. like, you guys realize right now that you are two fucking teenagers that right. are have have been indoctrinated into two separate military camps. So no matter so matter how good the fireflies are, Marlene is still sneaking around in the shadows like Batman pulling children yeah. into her ranks and and right. it's like pulling children into their ranks and arming them and then leaving them alone and it, and it's like it's not yeah. even like she's recruiting based on b- based on like a sort of manipulation because it's like oh how yeah. do you feel about Fedra and now I can yeah. build off of that and then like meanwhile you got Kwong over here that's like hey listen motherfucker you can be an officer we got good meals we don't go out in the shit and you know we yeah. we we have the responsibility, a.k.a. we dictate down to the grunts. Right. So, like, right. you got all, all you basically have are, are two people that are presenting two children, two impressionable children with pipe dreams right now. So that conversation made me laugh because I was like, yeah, and both of you guys are just being taken advantage of. That's a good point. It's it's kids. You know, Riley makes this point to Ellie all the time is you don't know everything like Riley kind of tries to remind Ellie like you don't you don't know what you're talking about necessarily but it's kind of like you might not either like yeah. you were just kind of sold this bill of goods from a basically a stranger yeah and yeah you're both you're both child soldiers in a way yeah. you're both basically being groomed to be child soldiers yeah neither of you realize it yeah hey do you hate these guys yeah well we're better right <laughs> that's right that's the argument but you know like so so after an exhausting hop across the rooftops, the two trade barbs about Fedra and the fireflies again before mm. Riley shows Ellie their goal, an abandoned mall sealed off by Fedra, which is like a teenage paradise. So what a typical teenage oh, yeah. story. Let's go to the mall. Let's go to the mall. Yeah. Yeah. Look at these kids. Luckily, luckily Riley knows a way into the sealed mall. Inside the mall, Riley reveals that the building has been reconnected to the power grid. She sends Ellie ahead, wanting to surprise her before turning on the power, which I was like, hell fucking no. I'm not going mm-hmm. to. Not doing it. <laughs> yeah, no way. Jesus, this bad news bears if I ever saw it. Like, fuck that. It's, no surprise is worth that risk. Hell no. Nah. <laughs> so Ellie stands at a railing overlooking the mall, awestruck when the lights come on and the building returns to life. And, you know, I was, I was just like, fuck, yeah, fuck that. No. That that was a pretty uh, impressive sight, though. I will give her that. Like, you know, just that kind of you're on that railing. Like, you know, most people have been in a mall with two floors where you're kind of like at the second story and looking out across like all the lights and the f- storefronts. It, it's pretty impressive. And for Ellie, having never been to a mall before back in back when they still existed, you know, she's just she's just floored by it. So that that was a cool scene. Yeah, that has to be wild, too, because like this is early. Do you got to think early 2000s when it closed? Like mm-hmm. early 2000s mall, like the 90s mall mall era, and then the early 2000s mall yeah. era were the shits. Like malls suck they, now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah malls. malls malls are dying, but yeah, like 2003 would have been basically peak mall culture where yeah. everyone would hang out at the mall. Yeah. I remember those days. Yeah, so like that yeah. was like nostalgic. Like if it was like, yeah. oh God, the apocalypse popped off five years ago and you went to a mall, I'd be like, Pfft. <laughs> ain't, nothing, <laughs> ain't nothing here i want I'm like, oh you're taking me right. to a mall fuck that i mean i i've been to malls recently and it's all it's like they are already abandoned it's yeah. <laughs> not much would change <laughs> oh yeah yeah like you know obviously the lights come on and when the nostalgia of what she's seeing wears off a little bit ellie gets concerned like th- this is really bright aren't we gonna 
you know, draw attention. Like, you know, the, the, the cops, the, the soldiers are going to see this. And Riley assures her, like, hey, it's cool. You know, this place is like a bunker. Nothing's going to be visible from outside. It's all good. And then she kind of baits the hook. Like, well, I mean, we're here tonight, so I can show you what Riley likes to call the four wonders of the mall. And so, like, we have the call to adventure here. The night's really getting getting started, finally. And we hear a classic song that we all know and love, Take On Me by AHA starts playing. And Ellie doesn't even get into the mall proper before she, her mind is blown by the escalator. She's like, whoa, moving stairs. And she's kind of, like, running up the down escalator and just, like, amusing herself. And it's, um, yeah, it, it's, it's adorable, honestly. Hey, an escalator is the shit. Like even now. escalators are pretty cool. Yeah. Like, I mean, shit, I, hey, if I don't have to take stairs, uh, God, uh, escalators will always be cool to me. So like, I can only imagine experiencing one for the very first time. Sorry for Absolutely. all you people that are afraid of escalators, but they're actually Absolutely. really cool. I, they are, they are, they are friends, not enemies. Yeah. We love our escalators here. <laughs> and so it's, it's so funny. Cause like, she's so impressed by the escalators. Riley's like these, this isn't even one of the wonders. <laughs> and Ellie's like, Oh, really? And it's like, okay, well, I guess there are five wonders, not four. <laughs> so, like one down, four to go. Yeah, hey, it's got to be. It should have been on the list in the beginning. But Absolutely. They, so they go deeper into the mall, which appears to be free of infected. The friends. Miraculously. I know, right? Because I'm like, this is sealed off. Why is it sealed off? And so deeper into the mall, the friends come across a lingerie store where mm-hmm. Ellie checks herself out in the glass and after a suggestive slash playful comment from Riley, which like begins to like let you show or it begins to show you that um, there's this, this, this is uh, maybe there's something there. Like they're definitely Mm -hmm. like very close friends. Like they're like best friends, but there may be something more under the surface, but like, obviously you're not going to be able to get to that in the military, uh, or military boarding school in the middle of a dictatorship. So like, yeah, they're, they're friends with probably some unexplored uh, feelings. Um, Mm -hmm. We're getting that impression. Yeah. So, you know, further on Riley asks Ellie to close her eyes and hold her hand, leading her to the second wonder, a functional carnival style carousel, which Mm -hmm. God malls malls did be having them. (laughs) That's, That's right. Yeah, this, those merry-go-rounds, they were everywhere back then. Yeah, those was I, I kind of regret now, like, not riding them. So, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, damn, this episode got me all sorts of, all sorts of nostalgic. But, Absolutely. you know, and so Riley um, powers on the ride and the two hop on, sharing a peaceful and fulfilling moment together. They also exchange glances and continue sharing that bottle of booze because this was like mm-hmm. a big bottle of whiskey. Oh yeah, this is like the, it's gonna last them a while. <laughs> yeah, this was like someone raided a Costco. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, it was a it was a handle. It wasn't like you know, a mini bottle or anything. It was just it's a jug almost. Yeah. So yeah, they, they you just dude drunken carousel ride. That sounds fun now. I'm not. I, I haven't been 13 in a long time, but I would <laughs> I'd go for that now. <laughs> Hell yeah. Bucket so, list item added. Absolutely. So. Yeah, they're on the carousel for a while, but eventually the ride actually breaks down and kind of comes to a stop. And, you know, they're like, ah, shit. Well, let me see. Riley says, let me go see if I can fix it. But uh, Ellie is curious. She wants to know if Riley really thinks that the Fireflies can truly actually liberate the quarantine zones like they claim they want to. To which Riley responds, well, it's been done in other zones. Like It's been done before. 
And Ellie tells Riley she wishes Riley would come back to the school so that they could be officers together and basically liberate Boston from the other side of the law, basically. Like, Ellie, you know, I think she's still thinking about what Captain Kwong said. Like, why don't we just go back and change the system from within, basically, is what she's trying to, trying to, hoping that, is what she's, like, hoping they could do eventually. But Riley kind of is not as optimistic as Ellie about it because she shares that she's actually been assigned a job by Fedra. She says, Kwong told me that when I turn 17, which will be coming up soon, I'll be getting sewage detail. And uh, that's like the downer. It's like, oh, shit, that sucks. Yeah. Go back to episode one. Remember what Mm -hmm. they were like, what pays more? The one with the shit. Yeah. (laughs) Which explains why Riley ran away weeks ago and stayed away for so long. And now that she's been told this, Ellie kind of nods and she says, well, I understand. And I would have understood back then if you'd told me. And so, like, she's still a little mad that Riley ran away and hid that from her. But, you know, Riley says, hey, I'll make it up to you. We got three more wonders. How about we go check them out? Yeah. And the next wonder is a photo booth near the carousel, uh, which Riley is prepared for. You know, uh, she feeds a five dollar bill into the machine, which was funny getting where the money comes from later. But I was like, I was like, why do you have money? (laughs) Where'd you get that? Yeah. Yeah, Like, like, well, that's 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 weird. But she puts five dollars into the machine and, you know, the two like hurriedly come up with um, some poses to do together and the machine snaps photos. And, you know, after the last pose, Riley takes like time physically separating herself from Ellie. Like she's hovering. We see. Not, it. Yeah. Not in a hurry. Yeah. There's, <laughs> there, there, there's some there's some lingering. That's more than a mm. church hug. and uh you know so the 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 photo strip comes out and it's faded but ellie decides you know to keep it anyways um Mm. you know as they leave the fourth wonder can be seen or well the fourth wonder can be heard from a distance that's right yeah they're like in in the corridor heading in that direction and it's like oh do you hear that and faintly in the distance, you can hear bleeps and bloops and electronic noises. And then the camera cuts to basically the entrance of the fourth wonder. And we see Ellie telling Riley, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And we and the camera pans into this bright, loud, flashy arcade. Yeah. And I agree. Arcades are a beautiful sight. Yeah. They really are. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I, I feel like. Side note, arcades are very, it's like our generation and previous generation, obviously. Mm-hmm. And like arcades have missed the next generation because they just were like, you know what? Everybody who liked this is getting old. So let's add alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we we had arcades growing up and then they kind of went away for a while. And then when we were adults with disposable income and were legal to drink, suddenly the barcade boom happened. And it's like, yeah, so I feel like the Zoomers kind of got skipped a little bit on growing up with arcades. They didn't, it's, it's they didn't want them. They had mobile games and, True, and yeah. the TikToks. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you can't play Fortnite in an arcade machine. Oh, man. That's, that's true. I, I, I feel like someone's working on that. Let's let's bring Fortnite into the malls somehow. <laughs> God, that would be, that'll bring the kids back. <laughs> that would be weird as hell. I'm I'm very much vividly picturing having playing Fortnite with a arcade joystick right now, and uh... <laughs> I don't know how that would work. That'd be so weird. And so you know they're at the arcade and they're just like going for it. They're you know they're ready to roll. 
And Riley's again prepared for this because she breaks open a coin machine so they can uh, they can you know play these games and they dive into a match of Mortal Kombat 2. Absolute classic. Love that game. And, you know, they're just Riley's obviously played it before. It's Ellie's first time and they're sort of like, you know, going at it, mashing buttons and maiming each other's characters. They play several rounds. They just go over and over and over again. And we get, you know, kind of the callback to episode three a little bit where Ellie remembers this game. Later, she sees the cabinet in Mortal Kombat 2 and is like, talks about Melina, the character who eats people and spits out their bones. (laughs) And so she's like, doing that again, which is cool. And so while they're playing, though, downer note coming up, uh, we, you know, we kind of pull away and see an infected person who's been basically growing into spores in the wall uh, in a nearby store, hears the noise and sort of stirs and comes to life and he pulls himself away from the wall. And uh, not a good sign, to say the least. The vegans are coming. <laughs> <laughs> the shroom heads. Yeah. Back at it. <laughs> the shroomers. <laughs> okay, shroomer. <laughs> oh, God. The, you know, the game is finished and Riley prepares to take Ellie to the next wonder. But Ellie becomes reluctant and says she should head back, offering to meet Riley at the mall the next day. Which, like, yeah, I mean, like, Ellie was like, I got to wake up at five. And I feel like they went to the mall at, like, two in the morning. So, yeah, it's like, got to get back. Or you might as well either get back or stay because, like, I don't feel like you can make it back in time. But, you know, Riley actually convinces Ellie to stay, uh, you know, with the prospect of a gift. And so they go to the, the nearby food court and Riley takes Ellie behind a taco stand and gives her a present. No pun intended. Volume two by Will Livingston. Hell yeah. The fucking Will Livingston books. Now we have the, back. we get the origin of this book. <laughs> That's right. Ellie's like so thrilled with this. He's like, oh my God, I didn't know they made a second one. <laughs> so that was it was pretty cool. And so you see that they've they've shared they've shared this uh, you know, this this love of very bad puns in a book before. Mm-hmm. Um so this this gift thrills Ellie. Um, you know, it's clear that but but we also get at this point, it's clear that Riley has been living in this part of the mall. Like this is where yeah. Riley has been. Yeah, we see sleeping bags and stuff. And it's like, well, OK, you're setting up shop. Just chilling in a taco place, which is like wild because there's no other fireflies there. But hey, you know. Yeah. So interesting. So the two the two trade jokes for a minute uh, before Ellie discovers a cache of pipe bombs made by Riley. Oof. And, uh, you know, this triggers an argument. Also, like, I'm just like, I wouldn't shake a pipe bomb made by a 16 year old. I was like, I want to yeah, handle that carefully. <laughs> yeah, well, I would have been like, I'm going to put this down. We're going to like, why would you put me right next to these things? But hey, you know, whatever. Um, and so, you know, it triggers an argument. And Ellie accuses Riley of helping the fireflies kill soldiers and realizes Riley didn't find the mall. She has been posted here. Yeah, so the tone has definitely darkened and it's gotten pretty tense now. And Ellie basically starts storming off, like, fuck this, I'm out of here, I'm going back. And she's obviously very upset with Riley's dishonesty, you know, being having things hidden from her. Yep. And so Riley's chasing Ellie down and tries to, you know, get her to listen and reveals something. She reveals that she's leaving soon. Uh, she's being sent by the Fireflies to a new assignment in the Atlanta QZ. And Atlanta, you know, down in Georgia, that's a pretty fair distance from Boston. So she's she's going away, like basically out of Ellie's life for for good, 
or at least for the long term. And she also says, hey, I, I tried to I tried to stick up for you or I, I tried to bring you with me. Basically, she tells Ellie that she had asked Marlene if Ellie could join the Fireflies and come with Riley to Atlanta. But unfortunately, this request was denied. So basically, tonight is Riley's last night in Boston, and they won't be seeing each other for a while after that. So it's a big revelation. The bomb is dropped. And Ellie wants to know, like, why did you bring me here? And Riley just says, I wanted to see you, and I wanted to say goodbye. So obviously, this doesn't help Ellie's mood at all. She's still very unhappy at this and just turns to leave. So it's it's looking like she's going to just walk out and that'll be the end of it. But when she gets close to the exit, she stops, thinks about it, and turns back around, starts heading back in. Nothing like a good pipe bomb to break up a friendship. <laughs> explosives tend to do it. Yeah, <laughs> that was an interesting point, though. Yeah, it's like you're making you're making explosives for the fireflies, which they will most likely use on people like me, kind of like, you know, on the people I'm being trained to become later. So it's it's like you're you're helping them kill, you know, not necessarily friends of Ellie's, but it's like it's like it's it, it, it does bring back that divide that we saw earlier in the episode where they're they're on opposing sides of a bit of an ideological gap. So, yeah, that'll definitely cause conflict. And I love it again, because once again, it's just it's show. It's the same same thing as before. It's like you're having a 16 year old build pipe bombs and sleep in a mall. Uh, <laughs> it's like, you know, you're promising, you know, with this, this grand promise of freedom. But what are you doing? You're sending her away down to Atlanta where there's nothing to look forward but uh, the the pills, the you know, the hydro and the bullets. <laughs> right. Right. And yeah. like you're like, no, you can't you can't bring Ellie. And there's a reason she can't bring Ellie that they don't talk about. But like there is a reason she can't bring Ellie. But but like it's like, um, you know, you're you're you're, you're trading. You traded one organization for another. Like Marlene, with, yeah. with all of the with with all of her ideals and 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 whatever, and the Fireflies with all of their, um, you know, ideas and you know their ideolo- ideology and everything are still just another rogue military organization that is left in this world. Just like yeah. just like Fedora, just like what we saw in. Uh, Kansas City, it's mm-hmm. it's the same thing. So like I I just I love this. Every time they butt heads, it's like yeah, because you guys are both uh, have both been indoctrinated into military organizations. Like this is right. gonna this argument is gonna keep happening, and it means nothing. Right. <laughs> so Ellie, you know, realizing that like hey, this is probably her last chance to see Riley, and it's not good to leave like this. Mm-hmm. Heads back into the mall and. Um, Here's a human scream, which I was like, fuck, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. And she runs into this nearby store thinking Riley's in danger only to find the noise is coming from Halloween decorations. The surprise fifth wonder. That's right. And so Ellie, Ellie takes the joke book uh, back from Riley and sits down to talk to her. Ellie shares that she is upset with Riley for disappearing on her and joining up with a cause she doesn't fully understand. LOL, once again, <laughs> only, t- mm-hmm. only to give Ellie an amazing night before leaving for good. Riley responds that Ellie doesn't know everything, <laughs> adding that mm-hmm. the Fireflies are like a second family to her, replacing what she'd lost and giving her a sense of belonging. Right. Still not liking it, Ellie finally accepts Riley's decision. Yeah, so it's it's good that like, you know, we, you know, it's, it's nice to see friends 
re- resolve something or at least like level with each other and you know be honest with each other like i don't like that you did this and that response with i understand that but look at it this way and it's one of those things like ellie you know really struggled with all of this and she showed like maturity by you know being open about i don't like this but i'll accept it you know this is what it is and you know also it's a callback to earlier in the episode we we understand that riley lost both of her parents yeah. early on um but has memories of her whereas ellie uh you know was born and basically lost her family immediately oh you, you they were they're both orphans obviously that's why they're in the federal boarding school but riley has memories of her parents and you know it's an interesting quote that she gives ellie or this interesting thing that she said to ellie like i remember my family and you know so it's like it's harder to have lost them while remembering them yep. whereas with ellie it's like you you don't remember yours so it doesn't hurt as much yeah and the fireflies are kind of like filling that void for riley so it's one of those it's a moment of empathy where ellie can finally see it from riley's perspective and vice versa oh yeah 100 percent. and i did say ellie is a good leader like you know like i was like that was a that was the decision of a good leader like you might not be a good leader for mm-hmm. federa but i'm like generally you are a good leader but also it's just like you got to realize like Ellie, yeah, Ellie doesn't have that concept of family. Yeah. And to this point, it's Riley. And Riley yeah. abandoned her, so. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're seeing a lot, like, throughout this season, we're seeing a lot of hints and uh, explorations of Ellie's abandonment issues. And I think a lot of them stem back to this moment, really, where it's like, you know, her entire world is her best friend. Yep. Like, Riley's the one person she really counts on. And, uh, you know, it, it's all downhill from there, really. So There's Bethany. <laughs> yeah, there's Bethany. That's a friend of me if I've ever seen one. So yeah, they have this moment where of, of kind of like reconciliation, and Riley offers one last thing before the end of the night. Uh, she hands over a uh, spooky Halloween mask, and then jumps up on the glass display case in the middle of the store. And Riley then takes out uh, Ellie's Walkman, which she had uh, swiped earlier. And <laughs> Goes over to the store's stereo system, and they start dancing together to Etta James's "I Got You, Babe," another classic, great song. I love that beat. <laughs> and so, you know, they're like, it's it's a it's a ridiculous scene if you really look at it. It's like they're just wearing these silly rubber Halloween masks on you know on top of a counter, and Ellie's like reluctant at first, but eventually cuts loose, starts dancing. And you know they're just they're just boogieing together. It's it's great. Like it's like making one last fun memory together. But after a while, Ellie starts slowing down, and she you know takes her mask off, and Riley takes hers off too. And they just kind of look at each other. And Ellie's breathless and just asks her, begs her really, you know, on some level, says, "Don't go, just just don't go." And Riley says, "Okay." Then Ellie goes in to kiss her. She pulls back and apologizes, afraid that she's made a mistake, but Riley makes it clear there's no need to be sorry. They, they have this moment where, you know, we, we talked earlier, we re- referred earlier to these unexplored feelings between best friends where, yeah, they are very close. They are the center of each other's world at this point, but there's feelings that neither of them have really expressed openly yet until now. So it's a big moment. But then it's kind of like, it's one of those, what do we do next? <laughs> so it's kind of like they've, They've professed love for each other, like beyond just friendship. And they've established, you can't leave. I don't want you to leave. And, you know, it's kind of like, okay, well, I won't. So it's a crossroads. So what do we do now? Yep. But Riley says, we'll figure it out together. Yep. 
finally getting to the point where you shed the um, just kind of military brainwashing that has been Mm -hmm. been just that that wedge that's been between you two, because it's like, yeah, yeah, this is this the thing that's keeping you guys from 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 getting here or exploring these feelings or just like generally being together is commitments to just bullshit organizations. Yeah, I, I. I didn't think of that. And that's an amazing point because yeah, like this, this thing that's been a wedge between them. Most of the episode is finally falling away. It doesn't matter anymore. They're realizing that like these, these, this, these causes that we both kind of have clung to, they don't matter. What matters is each other. Yeah. That's why I loved. That's why I loved how simple that was. It's like, don't go. Okay. Like that's all you have to do. Like, because none of this shit fucking matters. (laughs) It's, it's Mm -hmm. like, it's yeah. it's nonsense but um so you know great moment instantly fucking ruined ah uh, yeah when the uh the infected stalker that we saw earlier arrives um and is just tearing through the store like you know searching for the uh source of the noise mm-hmm. um riley shoots and wounds the stalker but it catches up with them when they run away knocking riley's gun away Ellie tries to fight it off with her switchblade, but is pinned by the creature. Riley attacks and frees Ellie, but gets grappled by the creature in turn. Ellie makes a desperate charge and jams her knife into the stalker's head, which now that makes sense on the, uh, you know, Bill episode, why she did that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's, that's interesting. And so her her celebration at winning the fight is short-lived, however, when Riley notices the bite on Ellie's arm. Riley yeah. holds up her hand, sporting a bite mark of her own, which this is just tragically. I don't know if you want to call it tragically beautiful, but this is just tragic. It's yeah, it's it's gut wrenching because, you know, at this point, obviously, Ellie doesn't know she's immune yet. Yeah. So, you know, when you you've grown up in this world, like cordyceps is a reality. You're probably taught from a from a very young age what the deal is. And so. When you're 13 years old, your life is really just beginning and you've just sort of gone on this love journey with your best friend or be- started it really. And then, yeah, you see like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to turn into one of those things now. Ellie, again, Bella Ramsey kills the scene of like this, this uh, moment of pure fear and sorrow yeah. and frustration and just wiping the blood away, screaming, no, 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 no. I, I was gutted yeah. at this moment. It was, it was rough. And yeah, no, it was a lot. Even the look on yeah, just that look on her face. I just, just, yeah. it's just burned into my brain. Yeah. Just, just disheveled Ellie. Like you've never seen Ellie like this in the show all the way up right. until now, even through all of the shit that they've gone through. Never quite this vulnerable. Yeah. Like, like right now. Yeah. So we, we, you know, this moment cuts us back to the present where Joel is also, you know, going through a moment kind of like past Ellie did. He's shivering in the basement on the, on the mattress, just like slowly bleeding out really. And Ellie, again, we, we see her at the top of the stairs at the doorway, kind of at that crossroads, making that decision. Like, do I stay or do I go? You know, he's told me to leave. He wants me to leave him. Uh, you know, a uh, really quick side side note here with this scene with Joel on the, you know, on the floor at the mercy of whatever circumstances he's in, like whether he gets whether he lives or dies is like hanging by the balance. Joel has this fear in his eyes, like this regret, this sorrow where when he uh, spilled his soul to Tommy in the last episode, he was he had he had such fear that he would let Ellie down. He would fail her in some way. 
in the same way, in a similar way he felt that he failed Sarah way back in the day. So this fear of failure has come true. Like his worst nightmare is he's living it right now. Yep. And so, you know, that's all happening down there while Ellie's up here reliving, you know, what she went through with Briley. But then she makes the decision. She decides to stay and help him. And so Ellie starts ransacking the house they're in, just looking for anything useful, which prompts a transition back to the mall where we see Ellie smashing all the glass in the store, just, just yep. going just going crazy, wrecking everything. And she's venting all this fear and anger at being infected. Meanwhile, Riley, it's 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 like two sides of a coin. We see like the two reactions to this sort of situation where Ellie freaks out and Riley just is sitting there numb. Yeah. Her face just still, you know, tears rolling, but like otherwise completely stone faced. And I, I you know, shout out Storm Reed, who played Riley, uh, just did an amazing job of like that empty stunned yeah you know just uh expression that sort of reaction so ellie and riley sit down together and just sort of you know taking taking the situation and riley says we basically have two options she holds up her pistol and says we can take the easy way out we i think we know we know we know what she's referring to she says uh, it's it's quick and painless but i don't like that option yep. option two we keep going and use the time we have left and um, I, I, I we usually say quotes like favorite quotes to the end, so I'll, I'll come back to this. But like, no, it's it's um, Riley's obviously resolved to not give up yet. Yeah. And um, so yeah, they they the two friends they just sort of lean into each other and cry together. Because what else can you do? Yeah, that was a really, really, really just like now that's the tragically beautiful moment. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's it really is. And so. Uh, going back to the present, Ellie in uh, Last of Us fashion, you know, scavenging the house for the jar of scissor pieces. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fashion's a med kit. No, uh, so <laughs> pretty much, yeah. <laughs> so El Ellie is, you know, just rummaging through this house, and mm -hmm. and she finds a needle and thread, and runs back down into the basement for some mob style surgery on Joel. <laughs> and so like, yeah. you know, Joel, Joel seems conflicted about her staying with him, but you know, he moves his hands aside to allow her to help, which is huge. Mm -hmm. It is. Yeah. So she removes the rag covering Joel's wound and begins stitching it up, which like, which is, is stressful for her and probably like fucking terrible for him. Cause like he's just, <laughs> yeah. man is just getting that, his wound stitched with probably a dirty fucking needle while he's probably rusty while he's yeah. just completely awake and already in pain. So I guess like getting your stomach stitched is like, I guess, distraction from having your stomach open, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, or, or maybe it's just pain on top of pain. Uh, yeah, that's either that's not going to feel good no matter what. There's no anesthesia here. It's this is not a trained surgeon. This is a kid doing her best. So yeah, I'm like, do yeah. you know how to sew? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> well, I, I hope Fedra taught her at least like you know basic like home you know home ec maybe, but <laughs> I don't know. Oh uh, lord. But so yeah, that's that's how we that's how we close out episode seven. It's just um, we we end on Joel just. Like, you know, gritting his teeth and just screaming his way through uh, this procedure and Ellie just sort of, yeah, doing what she can to keep him alive. It's the most unclean uh, thing. It's on that dirty, nasty, pissy basement mattress. 
so much infection man, yeah, just waiting to happen. I, I, it's, I'm not a germaphobe, but even I'm like kind of <laughs> squirming at that. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, this is just, this is giving, like they said when he entered Jackson, you bought yourself 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Well, this concludes our synopsis of The Last of Us, episode seven, titled Left Behind. We're going to take another quick break here, but we'll be right back. Okay, we're back, and we have finished up the synopsis of The Last of Us, Episode 7. Uh, this was this was a tearjerker, man. Like, you know, this season has been has been pulling no punches whatsoever when it comes to the emotional damage. <laughs> and, <laughs> and Episode 7's no, no exception at all. Uh, you know, just, I, I have a lot of thoughts about that. Well, you know, a few things. Like, the one, the one I really want to hit on first is just, I loved the through line with the framing narrative here, you know, kind of like how episode three had Joel and Ellie's situation book ending the, you know, beginning and end uh, with Frank and Bill's story in the middle. Episode seven is kind of like what's going on with Joel and Ellie book ending the situation with Riley. I loved the parallel here of, you know, we, we talk about, well, I talk about Ellie's, you know, abandonment issues a lot, but like, you know, we, we explore how she just, cannot accept Riley walking out of her life long-term at least, you know, if not permanently. And that kind of balancing that with her determination to look after Joel. It's like Ellie hates, you know, we, we know this from episode, uh, episode five, one of her deepest fears is being abandoned, being left, left alone. And, you know, with losing her best friend and then having come to grow close to Joel and facing the prospect of leaving him, you know, that's what he wants. He wants her to leave him, but she's, she's adamant at this point. Like, no, I'm not losing anyone else. And so I loved how at the end, it's like, I lost Riley. I'm not losing you. It's kind of like, uh, it, it, I, I love how that, that, that through line with this episode shined a light on her abandonment issues, but kind of developed that aspect of her. It's almost like she's coming out of a, uh, of a crutch situation where she's, she's, uh, kind of refusing to say goodbye again I, I like that i like that a lot oh yeah and and to build off of that too the my first thought is um what i loved what i loved about this is like we're basically we're getting we're seeing you know early on in ellie's life and it's providing context to some things that we've already seen in the show so mm-hmm. like when i saw this like when i see like okay hey this is the situation that happened with riley like this is you know someone she had feelings for but she didn't get to spend very much time with and mm-hmm. that that you know all of this love and and this new this new stuff that they discovered together um and was just ripped away by the infected so like you know we get that call back to the bill and frank episode where you know she basically is slightly tortures this infected you know it's just like she's just like really like almost sadistic, but it's like, like, like it's, it's understandable that you don't like infected in this world because it's, you know, it's, it's top, they've toppled society. They're scary. You could be infected, but like she hates the infected. She has a reason to hate the infected. It's very personal. And then going even further, like you kind of get an understanding of um, the situation with Sam. So like we talked about in our last episode, you know, like with Brett, he said that like, oh, I'm mad that we didn't get to like see the um, 
you know, like Ellie left and she was like very closed off and we're glad, you know, I'm, I'm sad I didn't get to see more of that Ellie. Like, and like it was three months later, she's like this, but like this kind of gives you a window into how she must have felt in this situation because like yeah. she's reliving this, like pretty much the exact scenario with Riley, but now she has like the added detriment of knowing that she can't be infected. So it's, it's like right. reliving your, She's reliving that uh, traumatic event. And like anybody that does like, you know, like, you know, therapy or trauma work, uh, one of the things that they say to you is that like, you know, the big way to get over your trauma is to relive that event and, and, and complete it. Like, don't go down, don't go down the same traumatic past, but it's to relive that event and make it all the way through. But like mm. Ellie can't necessarily do that. So yeah. like when it came to Sam, uh, Ellie knew he was infected and it was like, here's the Riley situation all over again. But, you know, hey, maybe now I have this extra tool. I'm going to try to help and it doesn't work. And right. so it's it's boom. Now I'm in that same situation again and I'm going to be completely closed off again. And so now we're like, here we go. At the end of this, we're back in the same situation. Here is this guy that is that you are very close to um, and he's dying. And he wants you to just leave him mm -hmm. and like, you know, leave him and be safe. And she has to make that conscious choice. This person who's like, she's scared of dying out here alone, too. But she's also a more afraid of Joel dying because they're close, not because she's yeah. fucked without him, but because like she generally cares for him. Mm -hmm. So I, I loved that. I loved it because it's like it's it's such subtle subtle growth in Ellie's character because just last episode yeah. it was like hey man are you having a heart attack like chill out if, if you if you die out here I'm fucked come on mm -hmm. but right. but in, in turn but it really it's like hey you like you know you haven't left me you've kept me safe and I enjoy your company like you mean something to me mm -hmm. and like I finally want to do something for some people that mean something to me right yeah I absolutely agree I think it's just for me my main I take away a lot from this episode, but the big thing is just if you, if you don't have to say goodbye, then don't Yeah, like, you know, keep, keep the ones you love close to you, however you can, however you have to. And yeah, it's, I, th I think that that brings me to my other thought. One other thing I wanted to bring back and shout out is that there was a quote near the end of this episode that I really loved, really stuck with. And I think it's pulled pretty much directly from the game. It was really good use of it is you know riley and ellie they've both been bitten they're both kind of staring down this inevitable situation they're facing their own mortality and they're dealing with this idea of do we do we wait and see what happens do we end our lives and like you know early and when riley decides like no i'm not i'm not you know quitting yet i'm not i'm not you know dying yet um what she says is we don't quit we don't quit whether it's two minutes or two days, we don't give that up. I don't want to give that up. We could just be all poetic and shit and lose our minds together. And this is this is Riley making that decision, drawing that line in the sand that whatever time I have left, I'm not going to surrender it. Yeah. Because it's time with you. Whether you know, no matter how short it is, how long it is, any time I get to have with you, you know, at the end of things, it's worth it. I'm not giving it up. So it's, I, I think, like you said earlier, just tragically beautiful, tragically poetic. Yeah. And uh, 
I what what kills me is that you know in both the show and in the game we don't see the aftermath of you know because we know what happens we know Riley turns but Ellie doesn't yep so we don't really see that situation play out we don't see like one of them having to you know deal like uh, I'm I'm just kind of speculating here but if Riley turns and Ellie has to Ellie has to kill her to kill the infected Riley kind of like with similar to what happened with Sam yeah you know it's like we don't see that play out. But we can only assume that's got to be one of the most painful experiences of Ellie's life, having to watch her best friend turn, but she doesn't. Yeah. And that's when she realizes something's up here. Something's not right here. Why did I not turn like my friend did? So, no, it's – but no, I, 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 I keep coming back to that idea of you know, we're, we're infected, but we're not gone yet. Yep. And whatever time we have left, I'm not giving it up. I, I just really – I really like that. It's a, it's a Shakespearean tragedy. Like yeah. it really is. Cause I, 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 that's why I love it because it's like, it's like we said, they, you get, um, you know, they finally figured out that the fireflies or Fedra, whether it be that neither, neither of those things mattered. The only thing that mattered was them. And like, mm-hmm. after having that powerful realization, like this makes so much sense. It's like, well then fuck it. I'm going to die anyways. I might yeah. as well die. I might, you know, I'm going to turn anyways. I might as well turn mm-hmm. with this person that I love. Like, yeah. be together forever, you know, as infected. Yeah. You know, and, and and like, that's the tragic part because it doesn't, that doesn't even work out. Like, so I can only imagine right, how right. Ellie must feel because like, you can't even lose your mind with this person like you discovered this thing you both got bit and you can't even stay with this person like you never she never had a chance with riley yeah and it was generally just unfair yeah ellie had to say goodbye to her again yeah in that in that in that other way the final way yeah that's terrible yeah and that's and that has to be even worse because when you have i can only imagine that like when you have kind of accepted like your fate, like you've accepted mm-hmm. that you're going to die and then you don't die, but everybody else around you or the person that's closest to you does die. Like that is absolutely just like soul crushing. And yeah. so like you can, I can only imagine how closed off Ellie actually is. Yeah. And actually this uh, kind of a quick tangent, but this reminds me of something that actually happens in the last of us part two where there's a yeah there's a flashback which i guess in this case is a flash forward but it's uh you know to a moment where Joel and Ellie are living together in Jackson and they're kind of on a errand together and they're in this hotel of some, there's they're in some kind of building filled with infected and they find a note left behind by two young people yep. probably not much older than Ellie and Riley were when they got bit and it's like in this note you you learn that a couple of teenagers ran away together like a couple, you know, you know, boy and girl, I guess they ran away together from Jackson. They snuck out and they both got infected. And the note says we were, tr- we tried to end things or no, I think the guy, he okay, killed the girl, girl but he couldn't kill. do it. He couldn't kill himself. Yep. Yeah. So again, yeah, you see that situation of like, if we're two people who love each other and want to be together, but this happens to us, what do you, what do you do about that? And it's like, do we, I, they, I guess they tried to do the easy way out, yeah. but. It didn't quite work. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It's harder than than it thought, and it's like, um, yeah. I, 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 these situations, like they, you know, they were also two young teens that waxed poetic. They wanted to, 
yep. change the world and uh, everything. Yep. And, you know, and same same thing here. It's like we want to change the world. And like, really, yeah. none of that mattered. Like the world is what it is. That's yeah. and like, that's the thing. The world is what it is. And in this crazy world, if you could eke out some sunshine or some happiness with another person like that is the thing that matters. Right. And uh, that's what I love. Like this was that's this. That's why I like everything from the OK to the very end was like absolutely fucking beautiful. It was sad yeah. as hell, but it was like such a beautiful story. Big time. And like like that kind of goes into my my final point in this mm -hmm. episode, because like my my final point is this the thing I've been harping on the entire time that I, I really loved this, the subtlety that like Fedra was humanized mm -hmm. and the fireflies. I think they were also they were pulled from down from that, like kind of godly status. Uh, yeah, they were on a bit of a pedestal before this episode, I think. Yeah. And, yeah. So they, they balance the scales with both of them. Like they are on the same level. And I yeah. and I like it. It's just like it's like one ID, one ideology against another one. Because you have Kwong being like, you know, we hold this place together. Like without us, society falls and mm -hmm. all of this shit. And then mm -hmm. uh, meanwhile, you have fireflies over here. Like we're going to liberate the QZ and give, you know, freedom back to the people. But what are we doing to do this? We're manipulating right. people. We're killing people. Um, you know, we're we're. Um, sinking down to the lowest possible point of human instincts in order to um, justify this or, or in order to, to push this, what we call our grand goal forward. But like ultimately, like at what cost, at what cost does this, this, all this come at? I'm glad you pointed that out because early on when, you know, they're at the rooftops and they're having their early arguments, Ellie and Riley, they talk about like how, Oh, Fedra's starving people. And Ellie points out, well, the fact that the fireflies bombed the depot probably doesn't help that. Yeah. And, you know, Riley's like, oh, that's just propaganda bullshit. We didn't really do that. And Riley's like, oh, you never, fireflies never blow up anybody. Okay, sure. And Riley's like, well, well not when civilians are around. And it's, it's all this tit for tat. Like, no, yeah, it all comes back to you've both been manipulated and you've both been indoctrinated. And if, and if you go to the first episode, they blew up uh uh, what's his An apartment building. and what's his face's henchman remember uh, yeah robert yeah, yeah. philip robert's henchman and killed him so like they yeah, yeah. Uh, free boston motherfuckers <laughs> yeah so free boston or we'll keep killing boston so, yeah we'll keep <laughs> blowing up randos <laughs> right <laughs> we will kill boston until you let it free yeah, it's like a reverse hostage situation yeah, i That's will weird. blow up <laughs> A billion civilians if you guys don't get the fuck out of here right now it's like that it's always sunny i will jam jam and jam you up some more till there's nothing left to jam <laughs> yeah no that, that that was big yeah i i like the the exploration of that conflict so you know it, it was cool how it was like in the background yeah. it was in the, it was important but it was still happening in the background yeah that was cool yeah, that does remind me. Like, I only have a few little things I want to bring up as uh, to wrap things up here. But yeah, I, I was going to say that exploring the Fedra side of things was a cool part of this episode. Like the fact that we had a scene with Ellie in the office with her headmaster, basically. And uh, by the way, uh, Terry Chen, the guy who played Captain Kwong, love that guy. He was in The Expanse. He was on Jessica Jones. Uh, a few other things. Great actor. But yeah, you know, I, I loved how like you you get this sense that, like I said earlier. Fedra's full of people and yep. people have different motivations. And I think you get the sense that at least with one person, at least in C Captain Kwong's case, this is a guy who genuinely believes 
he's doing what's best for you know his fellow man basically like if you know if we don't if we don't set an example and keep you know maintain order here in boston all the people out there will starve and or murder each other and you know one thing i really appreciate about this character is that he treats ellie like an, an intelligent adult yep. like he's like you're, you're smart you're almost too smart for your own good sometimes and i think you understand that you can either have a future where you make things better or you wind up on a dead end road so no i i like that exploration of fedra as a as a concept and as a complicated organization with varying degrees of you know shades of gray to it yeah um that was cool because like if you go like look at kansas kansas was like mm-hmm. a bunch of murdering like fascist bastards yeah and then you, that fedra was like w- too far gone yeah. not like no good people there basically yeah so it's like um you know there's a uh and then and then you look at the responding military presence from you know from the civilians same thing mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Uh, one of my friends that i say like you know you ask a ask 100 people you're gonna get 100 different opinions and like yep. I feel like the same thing is is true when you look at like fireflies and, and Federer. It's like you know you ask a bunch of ask a bunch of fireflies, you know, why? Ask a bunch of people in Federer why, and eventually some mm-hmm. of those answers are going to start to line up. Yeah, absolutely. And um, <laughs> other side note, I was just going to say here again, loved how I loved how the uh, the song "Take on Me" was used because that's a uh, you know we we know that song from Last of Us Part Two. We know that song from uh, we actually. I loved how it was used in the HBO trailer yeah. before the uh, season premiered. So no, it's a great song, and it's like it's so versatile too. It, it's a, it can be a happy song, it can be a bit of a uh, bittersweet melancholy song, and no, it's beautiful. So like that there. And the last thing I'll say is a little bit of a gripe. This is like my only complaint with this episode, and that is that I felt like the fight at the end of the episode where Ellie and Riley both get bit. Um, was a little underwhelming. Yeah. And I, I, I only say that as, I guess, a fan of the game because it's been a while since I've played the Left Behind portion of uh, The Last of Us Part 1. It's been years, actually. But um, I do remember, and this is a very fond memory, at the end, at, toward the end of that DLC, that ch- kind of chapter of the game, there's like a really exciting, thrilling, action-packed combat sequence where Ellie and Riley are kind of like running from a horde of infected and fighting them off and like... They stack up some bodies like they're they're both like getting their killer instincts on. And I was like kind of excited for something like that to happen in this episode. And it, it was a little anticlimactic. It was like one stalker shows up and I, I, I get that. You know, I, we talked about this like before recording, but like I get that going from game to, to TV, the action is definitely going to be toned down a little yeah. bit. Um, the, the infected in general are kind of presented as more of a threat than they are in the game. In the game, you can handle runners and stalkers pretty easily. Even clickers are not as dangerous as they are in the show. So I, I, I get that, but like, I don't know. I was just hoping for just something a little with a little bit more oomph. I don't know. Maybe like the fight at the museum in episode two yeah. set a high bar. Because I was like, I want something kind of like that. But I don't know. That was like the only thing I walked away from this episode thinking like, eh, that could have been better. Yeah, I agree. The mushroom people are too stacked sometimes because like, because like (laughs) they're OP. They need a nerf. (laughs) Yeah, because I was like, hold on a second. You got the gun here, like the sidearm. I was like, and you shot it, too. And it was still like coming at you like this. I was like, oh, that's that's kind of shitty. Like you've got like a we got like a 45 looks like a cult defender or something like that. And you also got switchblade. You got pipe bombs, broken glass everywhere. Yeah, pipe bombs. bombs. Just got to make it back to the taco (laughs) shack. (laughs) (laughs) Like light this motherfucker up. So I'm less like, yeah, seriously. Yeah. Like, yeah, I I was I was 
Like, I, I wish there would have at least been two, you know? Because yeah. it's like, oh, I, I feel like we, I wish we had got the narrowly escape, you know, like, oh, yeah. we killed one and fun. then we killed the other one. But like, damn, the last one got us. Yeah, that's that because that, that, that's the vibe you get from the game. Like, oh, we we've 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 made it like, oh, we we killed them all or like, oh, but fuck, look at that. And like, you know, you get a little bit of that with the show, like, oh, we won the fight. This is great. But and so you still get that downer moment. But like the stakes didn't feel as high, if you know what I mean. So, yeah, but um. No, otherwise, otherwise, very happy with this episode. I mean, as always, it's a pr- pretty much uh, as about as flawless, about as close to flawless as you can get. Honestly, I, so. I think if I have one complaint, and just this is mm-hmm. one complaint for the series, I guess it's not even a complaint. It's just something I would want to see. Sure. It's like every like I will say that in this show, it seems like the purpose of the infected, besides the bloater, is to uh, like spread the infection, because mm-hmm. like. Everybody, they would be going for like the small little bites. I'm like wanting, I want to see, like, I guess you got, I guess we did kind of get to see this. So this isn't really a complaint, but I do want to see more of the Kansas, like the infected horde, like ripping people to bits. Like, yeah, really? Like, yeah. we haven't seen that a lot. And like, cause like, like they, even this one, like it just bit him. Like it was like, ah, you know, but yeah, <laughs> like yeah. you would think that there'd be more like, like the game where it's like biting them the meat and ripping, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah. It's it's interesting. Like you, you the bite marks you see on Ellie and Riley are like those little nicks and bruises and, and whatnot you get during a scuffle. Yeah. Like oh I you know I'm fighting you off and you just managed to chomp me a couple times without me noticing because you know adrenaline and all that. But. Maybe it doesn't maybe it doesn't strengthen the teeth like we thought. <laughs> it's like hey man my I haven't brushed my teeth in twenty years ah. <laughs> The first thing to go when the fungus gets you, that your gums just right. raw. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it starts in the mouth. I've got the gingivitis. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I can't bite down too hard. <laughs> hey, it, it, you got to make room for all the little tendrils and whatever. <laughs> Which is funny because actually, now that I mention it, you know the guy, the the infected stalker that attacks them in this episode, he's like, you know, stuck to the wall with all those you know tendrils and whatnot. You'd think that there was like a colony. He, you know, why would he be by himself if like he has all those, you know, spores and tendrils growing everywhere? You'd think he'd have buddies nearby who'd, uh, you know, get the signal. I guess, but oh just well. him flaking off the wall. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. The Boston horde outside the wall uh, didn't get the memo about the mall. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, there's food in the mall. Let's go. I'm the only <laughs> one here, guys. What the hell? <laughs> the real left behind. Yeah. Is that guy? <laughs> yeah, let's get it. Let's get an episode about that stalker, how he got left behind in the mall. <laughs> well, that about wraps it up. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, please take a second to rate and review us on Apple Podcast. It really helps us grow the show. Be sure to connect with us on Twitch, Instagram, and Twitter at lore underscore party. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time.